Do you guys know what May 12th is? Sunday, May 12th? Mama's Day. That would be correct. It's Mother's Day. So let me ask you, do you basically get your mom the same gift every year for Mother's Day? Maybe some flowers, some chocolates, Mm -hmm. maybe a robe or a framed photo. Boring stuff, right? Right. Well, let me tell you about something that's totally cool and different for Mother's Day that will never wilt, spoil, or put an extra 10 pounds around her waist. I'm talking about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty unique. Cool, right? Right. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. Your mom can either type a response to the email or she can record her voice if she prefers to do that or she can do both. And mylifeinabook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book as well as an audio book. And if you want, and she's up to the task technically, you know, the audio book is a, is a great extra thing to be able to do. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your future generations can treasure. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is kind of your chance to give her a way to share them. Every family is a little bit different. And in my family, we love to give each other a really hard time. So I've taken the approach in doing this of asking my mom to comment on some of those family moments that might be a bit embarrassing to other family members. Last week, my question was, mom, did you feel guilty that day you hit me over the head with your wooden clog and dad had to take me to the hospital for eight stitches? (laughs) Mom's response, back in the day, I was the disciplinarian of the house. And when you were eight years old, you refused to get out of Nancy's, that's my sister's, plastic kiddie pool. I told you 10 times to get out of the damn pool. You didn't listen. So I chased you around the yard. And when you slipped, I nailed you right on the head. That was the last time you got in that kiddie pool. Of course, dad had to lie to the ER and tell him that uh, that you fell on your head, but I nailed you good. The entire process with my life in a book is simple. And in the end, mom will have a great keepsake that can remain in your family for generations. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code RLRC for 10% off today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, 
healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. In Louisiana, Governor Jeff Landry laid out his plans to crack down on crime, saying the New Orleans PD is in shambles and discussing plans to bring back executions in the state. In Oklahoma, a husband kills his wife less than one month after their marriage. And in New Jersey, vandalism using pepperoni is causing quite a stir. These stories and more coming at you today Friday, February 2nd on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Hello, fellas. Friday. Finally Friday. Finally Friday. Freaky Friday. Forever Friday. Uh, Don't fuck with the board Friday. For, every every day I, 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 fuck I, with the board day. For Jim. Every day is fuck with the board day. Yeah. He, we Jim, need some shirts to say board shirts, B O R E D. I didn't realize, you know, listening uh, <laughs> listening to today's show, I mean, sometimes we're in here together, we're talking over each other, we don't get every single thing we say. Jim was pretty aggressive with the old board. I think he just invoked his fifth. He invoked yeah. his fifth. Yeah. Yeah. I think he gave him his third, Sorted, meaning yeah. his third finger <laughs> is what finger. he did. Well, Asserted my fifth amendment privilege. That's the third finger. Well, I guess it is. You know, I yeah. I really feel uh, sorry for that kid at uh, University of South Carolina that got shot through the door. And uh, yeah. the story that you did, one, one of the things that occurred to me as I was listening to it again is that you're in a university community there. I mean, there have to be drunk kids running around all the time yeah. on that street. I just, I, I know it's all uh, legal and no one's going to jail over anything. It's just a kid died when it, it, it is, just really didn't seem it's like certainly a tragedy. But again, um, mm, because I work so many different cases, so many different types of people, you just never know how someone's going to respond. But I can't say that I wouldn't respond to any difference. What if I was inside intoxicated sleeping on my couch and I think the boogeyman's trying to break in? I mean, but you know, what if a frog's ass was glass and it broke every time he jumped? Yeah, but, yeah, but it's, it's still a But you look at your app and you see a dude in a pink shirt who yeah. looks like a college yeah, kid and you got college kids yeah, all yeah, over your neighborhood yeah. because still, the university you, you don't you can't put yourself inside that dude's head, you know. It's sad. Yeah, it is sad. No doubt about that. I got and, one more question for you. Yeah. So I'm on the spillway driving up from New Orleans mm-hmm, this morning mm-hmm. and a sheriff gets on there mm-hmm. and the speed limit's 60 mm-hmm. and normally I'm doing 72 to 75 on that thing. That, that's but, a little excessive. Okay. So, but he's going about 65. Mm-hmm. So now the entire spillway is going 65, 65 because nobody wants to pass the sheriff. Right. right? And then I'm hoping he's going to continue on in the 10. No, he takes the 55 that I take to get here. And so now I'm on the 55 that has a speed limit of 70, where I usually go 80, 82. Well, there he is doing 75 on the 55, and nobody will pass him. Right. If I passed him going 80, what's he going to do? Okay. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. First of all, you should have identified which sheriff it is because it – uh, I understand what I'm saying is then 
when he turns on the 55, he's out of his jurisdiction. He can't do dick. Well, if he was, if he was coming from an area where he had jurisdiction, but he could have been driving to an area that he does have jurisdiction. Yeah. But that, that's, that's like, uh, I get those two parishes confused. St. Charles, St. Charles and St. John's or whatever it is. There's two of them that I get confused, but that, when you hit Manshack, the big high rise on that yeah. bridge, that's Tangipo Parish. Right, right. And I know there are anybody uh, out there from Tangipo Parish, but identify wherever they're from and you could just blow their doors off. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to radio. <laughs> if you really All piss right. them off, they're not going to radio up in and see if there's a trooper in the area to catch you. So, but what's sort of the, the I pass, fu- I what's sort of the fudge factor for? Uh, for cops, you know, if a guy goes uh, and, by, and he's only going is, like five miles an hour faster. Is, I'm not going to screw general, him. Generally, if if they if they're going from one jurisdiction to another, they're usually going to pick up an inmate or something. They don't even have the the ability or the skill set to stop you and write you a ticket. So, but it's like going to the casino, rolling dice. If you got the balls, to do it. I say you should pass him next time. Yeah. Right? The, I used to going ninety, Jim, doing at, at least, least ninety. I okay. mean, just try to see how lucky. Well, I just figure everybody. I figure the audience faces this same do, thing all the time. Feel lucky? So and, my thing is identify what jurisdiction you're from. If you know your parishes and they're not from that parish, I mean, pass them. I wouldn't pass them at ninety, but if they're going sixty-five, then he's breaking the law too. If it's in a sixty, right? But generally, you get an eight to nine mile grace period. If you're, you know, let's sit on the side of the road, you're going eight miles an hour over, they're not going to write you a ticket. I think it's well, a 20 mile an hour grace. Yeah. yeah. When, okay. when you have, that's, that's the number I was When you got a badge in your know. pocket, it, it, there's no limit there's to no it. There's no limit. Right. Of course, those stupid ass cameras in New Orleans give you a ticket for oh, going yeah, yeah, two yeah, or yeah, three miles around. There's, hour there's over. no, it's crazy. There's no getting around those. So, anyway, I, I got, well, I'll tell you the story another day. And let's get down to some true crime time for Friday. All right, and we're gonna we're gonna bring you to a press conference. Uh, Je- Governor Jeff Landry had Wednesday morning, huge press conference, and in that press conference, he described the New Orleans Police Department as a force in shambles. He outlined plans to return a permanent Louisiana State Police troop to that city and he's rolling it out calling it troop nola plans for troop nola include a contingent of 40 troopers and it would mark the first permanent louisiana state police troop in new orleans since troop n which was a locally funded troop that policed in and around the french quarter but it was disbanded in 2020 we're going to have a crime session right after mardi gras and part of that crime session is going to help us Put in place the funding mechanism to get that troop up and running, Landry said. We are going to work with the legislature so they understand that having a permanent troop in New Orleans is the only way I see to keep the city safe over the next decade. The New Orleans Police Department is in shambles because of a federal consent decree in a federal judge. We have to wrestle that away from them, and even if she gave it to us today, it would take a decade to build that police department back up. And so in the meantime, we're going to reconstitute that troop. That troop is not going to just be centered in the center of New Orleans, the French Quarter, uh, or it will be centered in the French Quarter, and we are here to protect the city and one of its greatest assets this state has. 
As it stands, there will be a major increase in police presence uh, planned for Mardi Gras. Newly appointed Louisiana State Police Superintendent Robert Hodges said 130 troopers will be assigned to New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Hodges believes Mardi Gras will be a success for the world to see before New Orleans hosts the Super Bowl in 2025. He said that Louisiana, the Louisiana upcoming special session on crime will further outline the state police plans to reduce crime. Now, in this news conference, Jeff Landry also hinted at a willingness to explore expanding execution methods, saying he is committed to upholding the contractual obligations between the state and victims' families after a death sentence has been handed down in the court. Yes, I have committed myself to those victims' families because I have sat in front of those families. I have listened to those families from all over the state, Landry said. They deserve their day of justice. This is what the jury granted him, yes. them, and I and the legislature are going to feel, fulfill our commitments. Mm-hmm. Around 60 people currently sit on Louisiana's death row, according to the Department of Public Safety and Corrections. However, amid legal battles and lethal injection drug shortages, executions in the state have stalled, with none currently scheduled. Right. Over the past few years, a handful of states have sought to reinstate their execution methods using things such as firing squads. Mm -hmm. Most recently, Alabama carried out the first execution using nitrogen gas. Of course, we reported on that. And that covered on our RC original. Yeah. Maybe that was a bonus episode. That was a patron bonus. Right, right. Uh, When the state put Kenneth Eugene Smith, a convicted murderer, to death on January 25th, it was also the first time a new execution method has been used since lethal injection. Now, the most common one was introduced in 1982. States around us are finding ways and methods in order to execute that those who have tried and been convicted and sentenced to death. Landry said the idea of using nitrogen gas for executions is gaining traction elsewhere in the country. Mm -hmm. The state of Oklahoma already has a law authorizing the use of nitrogen gas, as does Missouri. And some others, including Nebraska, have introduced measures this year to add it as an option. Last year, there were 24 executions carried out in five states, according to Washington, D.C.-based uh, death Penalty Information Center. 29 states either have abolished the death penalty or paused executions. We told you many times, uh, both me and Woody, uh, on Bloody Angola, that the new leadership that this governor, uh, with this governor coming in, would bring a major focus on crime. Right. And it looks like that is right. occurring. I got, I got a lot of things I want to say on this. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'll start from the back end or work, whatever. The 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 execution that so Jeff Landry was a former attorney general, which is the top cop. and a former cop before right. that, and the top the attorney general is the top cop uh, or law enforcement position in the state of Louisiana. We knew he was going to. I mean, he's a stickler, y'all. He's a hard ass, but he's fair. I mean, he's even. Went to one point of suing the district attorneys and stuff when you're supposed to be on the same side. But back to it, the um, the execution that just happened in Alabama that they they were so worried it wouldn't work, et cetera. And the they said he he 
convulsed a little bit. Well, the problem was he held his breath for approximately four minutes to try to not to, to, to breathe in the wow. uh, the nitrogen. And that's what the warden said. And they were like, bro, quit holding your breath. And, I mean, it's going to get you, right? And so he was, he was thrashed when he was doing that. And it killed him. I can't say it killed him painlessly, but the, I mean, he stabbed that preacher's wife, uh, I think, like 100 times in a murder-for-hire program. That's what he was sentenced for. Um, I think that, is, to me, it's probably more humane than lethal injection. But and we've... You and I have been talking about on Bloody Angola. They they are about to start killing them and legally killing them, a legal homicide by the state of Louisiana. Thing being that the only good caveat about all these delays is while John Bell Everest, the former governor, was basically came out in the end and said, I was never going to execute anybody anyway because I don't believe in it. Um, the appeals process has still been going on for all these guys all this time. So their shit's over with. As soon as they start reissuing the death dates, there's no more appeals. They, I mean, the, the longest running one, uh, I was right here in Livingston Parish where he and his lover raped and uh, tortured this little boy all night, and an eight-year-old thing the kid was, all night long, and then shot him in, in the head and left him on the side of the riverbank. He's been up there for 40-something years on death row. The, his, his lover that was since the death also died while he was on death row. All right? yeah. That's how long they've been there. So those dudes are going to get what they got coming, uh, working back towards New Orleans. There's actually still a state troop. The Troop B is in New Orleans, but it's in Kenner. When you come across the bridge, it's, it's, uh used to be the airport exit. It's to the left-hand side. Now, the problem with putting a whole new troop in New Orleans is state police can't. They they either, and of course, John Bell Everett's in the office, uh, but they they cut the funding for these training academies. Now you got everybody that's retiring or everybody that gets fired or quit or whatever. They can't, they can't, we went from, if you're good at your job, you got punished because they would take away your support and everything else. And they keep piling more and more on you because the attrition rate, the people leaving and then, then those academies and they took, they're like six months. And, but the hiring process for the academy is like a year and a half. So there's, they don't have the funding. They don't have the manpower to replace them. I don't know where the hell they think they're going to get 40 more troopers from and, and moving them in from other troops. Those troops are, are, are all across the state, right. A, B, C, D, E, I, uh, L, whatever. It's Troop uh, A and Baton Rouge. Yeah, yes, yeah, Troop A and Baton Rouge. And then B and Yorns, and, and it just goes around. But the thing is, there's not enough of them. And they and unless they start running six academies a year, which physically impossible, two would be impossible, I, I would think. Uh, um, I, I was actively involved in the hiring process on all of them, doing the polygraphs and, and stuff like that. It takes forever. They have to go before oral boards and written boards and polygraphs and psychological checks and physical PT tests and all all this stuff just to get to the academy. And then you get to have all the ones they fell out of the academy. That's a badass academy, right? Yeah. And so I don't know where they're going to get 40 from because you can't just have 40 green troopers, right? You got to have command staff. 
yeah. and and everything else. But it's interesting. I think it's 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 certainly worth a shot. Um, yes, and you you're absolutely you know one of the concerns was the lack of state troopers available. Right. That's why he's having this special session in order to seek this funding to hire right, right. more. Uh, maybe he's going to give the one, you know, existing guys a raise and, yeah. and, uh, and offer a good starting salary yeah. to where, I don't know, maybe some people, but a lot of them are offering uh, signing bonuses too. Yeah. But you still got it to get the people trained. Now, one of the things, what, one of the things they d- did start doing is, um, I got, recruited over as a criminal investigator too, which at the time was the highest ranking criminal investigator they had. And, and, but I had the previous law enforcement experience. They were, they were experts at writing tickets, accidents, accidents and DWIs. They didn't know dick about investigating. Right. Right. And so what they're doing is they're, they're hiring seasoned vets and only making them go through like a six week Academy instead of the six month Academy. So, Whatever they need to do, I agree with them. The uh, having more troopers on the ground and, and and it's a visual deterrent at the very least. Put them in that, down there in the most you know high profile, high crime area, et cetera. It can't hurt. Yeah, uh, community police. However, they're going to do it. I don't know. Um, but it, talking about bringing them in from Mardi Gras, they do that every year anyway. Ship them in from all over. Put them up in the hotels. But not only that. The state police are over DPS, Department of Public Safety, which that, those are the cop cars that you see in the in set of blue trooper uniforms. They wear the gray. Yeah. And so that's part of the state police, but it's just a different badge and, and what have you. They do that, and then they bring in all the Department of Corrections people, um, the uh, CERT teams and all that, to work Mardi Gras and everything else. So, but Mardi Gras is a big deal, and I'll get off my high horse about it, but it's a lot of things. Well, it's a it's, it's going to be an interesting huge time. change in yeah. Louisiana crime for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, and, and and it's no doubt about. It. And the thing is, Jeff Linder is really not a politician, so he's not going to play games with him and, and sugarcoat shit and hold their hands. Uh, he's going he's going to fight crime. Yeah, yeah, which no I'm doubt. all about. No, you know what? I I it feels like there's an increased presence uptown. I don't know why, mm. but it uh, it feels that way. So. Uh, I actually feel pretty safe these days. Like when we first moved here, I was a little sketchy on it, but uh, uh, much more these, so these days, and I see a lot more people walking at night than Mm -hmm. I did when we first came. So uh, maybe there's been an effort to focus on those areas of town. Um, Well, when, when Antoine's and all the famous and Brennan's and all the famous restaurants can't have patrons come in because they're getting carjacked before they can get out of the car and stuff. They're gonna they're gonna have to address that now. Well, uh, that's that's the that's the problem is you got you've got so many of the great restaurants in those kind of areas where there's a great restaurant uptown called Clancy's. I don't know right. if you've eaten. Well, Clancy's, you're lucky if you can get in right. six weeks from now right. because. People are going there because it's great, it, comparable with those other places, right. but you don't have to worry about that neighborhood right, at right, all. Right. So, Well, it's going to be interesting to see that New Orleans has always had, uh, uh, you know, especially pre-Katrina, when you could go from your house literally a block and a half, and they had housing projects. I'm talking about like 
full-scale, high-rise housing projects where you didn't go in one cop at a time. They had their own housing police, the part mm-hmm. of the NOPD. But, I mean, it was, it was the worst housing project. It was desire and the ninth, whatever. Every, any, you could go, you could be in the richest neighborhood in New Orleans and go two blocks and, and you're hitting the house project. They tore them all down after Katrina and built all kinds of different housing, et cetera. But the New Orleans, I love New Orleans. I've always loved New Orleans, but they need to bring it back. I don't even go down there anymore because of what what's going on now. Right. Because I could go down by myself. My friends are talking about going for Mardi Gras. I'm like, I don't want to go with them because I have to wash their back the whole time. They don't know what I know, right? And not looking for what I'm looking for. But anyway. Yeah, your head's on a swivel these yeah. days. So well, it's going to be interesting to see. I hope they bring it back and make it safe again. Amen. All right. So let's talk about marriage or <laughs> Okay. Uh, the, Let's get segue. No, well, you know what? Fuck that. I don't want to talk about marriage. Let's do that. Well, I'll tell you the story, though. An Oklahoma man named. Oh, that's not a good marriage. Yeah, that's right. Named marriage. Chris Borland. I don't know. Well, I'm sure there are good marriages. An Oklahoma man named Chris Borland is accused of murdering his wife of less than one month. Wow. And her name was Cassie Ritchie, right? Richie's body was found in her wrecked car under a pile of clothes Sunday when investigators served a search warrant on her light blue SUV, which witnesses reported was wrecked off a creek in Catoosa, Oklahoma, near the I Don't Care Bar and Grill. How <laughs> That's a great right? name. Right? That's a good one. He makes me want to go there and eat a sandwich. According to police, her car was reportedly last seen Friday by the bar. Richie's body was found in her SUV, hidden in a very small space and covered with clothing and boxes. She had several injuries from what police claim was blunt uh, force trauma. On Monday, Chris Moreland was arrested on first-degree murder charge. And on January 25th, Tulsa police asked for the public's help in finding the woman after her parents filed a missing persons report that day. Richie's family had not heard from her since January 21. At the... At the time, police believed that Richie had been involved in a domestic disturbance. Moreland was initially taken into custody by Tulsa police on warrants out of Texas. During questioning, police alleged Moreland told several stories and gave multiple versions of the stories. And we know what that leads to, y'all. Moreland would not come off any of his stories and maintained that Richie was just somewhere visiting a friend. Moreland refused to sign a waiver to search Richie's car and instead requested law enforcement attain a warrant, which they did. And that's where they found her, y'all. You know, they, Richie and Moreland got married on January the 7th in Tulsa. I mm. mean, that's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. I mean, you couldn't make it a month. Hell, that's shorter than, than my shortest marriage. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. The, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. And. No motive yet either. Oh, I'm, they sure can find. I'm sure it's. She was uh, hacking, hacking. Yeah, on. right. <laughs> you got the ring. She was a nag. Think about getting married. You know, you love them to death, and then you get married, and, oh, yeah. and you get in an argument. You got to come home sooner or later. Yeah, right. Well, I think until she, you don't. I think she very don't. quickly, like in a week, uh, within a week, was telling family that this wasn't good, yeah. and she was scared. And they were telling her to get out, but yeah. and she was planning to get out, but she didn't get out. Oh, sad. Uh, prayers for her family and all those that loved her. That's right. 
you know, listen to family. If you have a bunch of family members telling you that the guy or the gal isn't for you or isn't, a, I mean, just doesn't work. Li- doesn't just, work. It, it didn't work for me when I was a young man. It doesn't work. For it almost has the opposite some, uh, loved ones. That, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Sadly, someone I don't talk about, but that that's going through something right now. And I'm like, you know, I'm not even saying anything. Yeah, let her figure it out on her own because if I say try to say, hey, this, this, and this, I might push her right. more to them, right. right? And then and what ultimately happens is they get mad, and 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 if you they they want to dump on the person, and then they end up going back to them. And it's so if you're like da 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 da, and they go back to them, then they cut you off and don't want to talk. Yeah. Well, if it's just somebody, if, it, if it's just somebody you think isn't a good guy or isn't a good, it's a whole nother thing. If you think somebody's capable of violence, and yeah. like in this case, but I don't know. I don't know I don't either. Know. Let's go to the Garden State, New Jersey, New Jersey. I don't think I know anything I like about New Jersey. Man, I like Tony, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony I like Soprano. Oh, I like, I like Atlantic City. You do. Yeah, Chris not have been there in a long time. Yeah. Uh, Chris Christie, well, yeah, you'd be in, I've been wouldn't have a lot of company in that probably. But <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I'm sure it works for some people, but it's not my first choice. Okay, well, in the newest and perhaps cruelest yet form of vandalism that uh, Real Life Real Crime Daily has reported on, a New Jersey homeowner says her home was vandalized by a group of salami slinging bandits. Waste of good meat. When Heather Doherty of Manville, New Jersey, walked out of her front door on the 24th of January, she couldn't believe her eyes. Pepperoni was everywhere. Waste of good meat. meat From piece. the door to the edge of the porch, <laughs> and then strategically placed down the stairs to the driveway, and then all the way down the driveway. Slices were placed on the hood of her car, on the top, on the trunk of her car, it must all over stolen. the place. Heather had lived at her home on South Street for 16 years, and it had never been vandalized before. We're trying to figure out who goes around with two loaves of pepperoni in the middle of the night and cuts it up. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well... Have you tried AstroPro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? AstroPro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. AstroPro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. AstroPro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use AstroPro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast, 
acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to AstroProAllergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. AstroPro and go. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Into slices and throws it on people's property, Doherty said. You got nothing better to do with your time? An angry Doherty posted pictures of the scene on Facebook with the description, quote, the bandits, as I call them, have been identified by myself. The police are still investigating and charges are pending the outcome of such police investigation. So she believes she's already solved the mystery and knows who did this, but police are still investigating. A local pizza shop owner by the name of Anthony Danello told WPIX TV that the meat looks larger than the kind commonly used on pies. That's what I was thinking. It looks way bigger than I'm looking at the picture. Way bigger than Papa John's. Yeah, they are. They're thick. They're they're thick with the cuts. He he said, certainly of the family of pepperoni salami. Exactly what? I cannot be certain. As an Italian, it hurts the heart. So it's unlikely it's unlikely that our vandals come from the pizza trade. While Darty is certainly not an Italian name, Heather is apparently 50% Italian, and her husband, who goes by a different last name, is 100%. And we Italians may be the least sensitive ethnic group in the country. We laugh at all your stupid mob jokes. Ha ha, funny, funny. But it, you know, it, it would be, it, if we take anything seriously, it's our meats, right? So- Allow me to clarify. Pepperoni is not an Italian thing, despite its Italian sounding name. Pepperoni is as American as apple pie. In fact, as I've learned from our friends at Rosetta Stone, the word pepperoni in Italian means big pepper or bell pepper. It has nothing to do with any kind of meat product. Pepperoni is essentially an American version of salami. It's made from beef and cured pork mixed together with seasonings, paprika, 
black pepper, crushed red pepper, cayenne pepper, fennel, etc. So here's a little pepperoni trivia. The first evidence of pepperoni being used as a pizza topping came in 1950 from a photo of a wall menu at a pizzeria named The Spot in New Haven, Connecticut. I've been to The Spot in New Haven, Connecticut. So pepperoni school's over, and now we'll have to wait to find out if the police can bring back the pepperoni vandals and uh, and and bring them to justice. I got one thing to say about that. I see the, the meat in this picture, and it's you know, very thick. It looks like almost hamburger patties. So I'm going to go out with my genius detective skills and say the fender nor – the person they offended against has a dog. Oh, I will. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Genius. There you go. That is genius. Another that's genius why you're the me, right? resident detective. Yeah, you yeah, a Florida man was arrested Wednesday after striking a circle K cashier in the forehead with a thrown chocolate egg and oh, then sorry. hopping the counter to further batter the victim. Edward Reardon, the convenience store worker, tried to check out a guy by the name of John Mayhaus, and he was next in line, and for some reason, Mayhaus refused to let the cashier handle his transaction. Instead, Mayhaus, who's 27, walked over to another employee, rendered payment, and then takes a chocolate egg and throws it towards the victim, hitting him in the forehead. Now, the complaint doesn't indicate if the egg was the Cadbury, a Kinder, or a Hershey concoction of some sort. So, Reardon asked the guy to leave the Circle K, and Mayhaus becomes irate. He jumps, literally jumps over the register counter, and he strikes the victim, starts beating the hell out of him. Uh, Mayhaus was arrested for battery, uh, misdemeanor battery, right. and booked into the county jail on a $1,000 bond. Mayhaus lives about 10 minutes away from that Circle K. It's located in Tarpon Springs, which is a central Gulf Coast city in right. Florida. And we're going to post the picture because when you see what Mayhaus looks like, you will definitely think he would be the type to throw an egg at you. Yeah, a, a, chocolate a chocolate egg, egg chocolate at eggs, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I like mean, that. this is the prototypical, y'all, uh, what you it. would think of. What you're picturing in your head right now, the guy that would show, throw a chocolate egg. Right. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. what, yeah, is he, it not? He looks like a, looks yeah, like a smart egg, yeah. Not a regular egg, yeah. but no. a chocolate egg for no. sure. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, right, real right, tough guy. Probably right whatever there. was closest to him. Mr. Mayhaus. Yeah. What a waste winner, of a chocolate egg. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Winner, winner. That could almost be a dumb criminal, right? I've been eating those chocolate hearts, the Reese's chocolate yeah. Valentine's hearts. They look like nuts. Oh, they're so good. It looks like a penis. With a yeah, yeah. I saw the. It doesn't uh, look anything. Threads on that one. So, all right, all right. So, talking about that idiot, let me tell you about another idiot. And this really, really uh, could be a dumb criminal. So, Jim, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm sorry, Aga, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your shit. The board, but the board. So, is Justin Marshall, 36, of Slidell, Louisiana, y'all, about an hour and a half from where we're at, had a fun side hustle until he picked the wrong target. Um, Marshall was impersonating a police officer when he attempted to pull over a pickup truck on Interstate 10 in Metairie, outskirts of New Orleans for our listeners. Marshall had no idea the truck he was pulling over was being driven by a Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office Deputy Chief. Okay, mm, The Deputy tree, that's not good. Chief driving an unmarked Ford F-250 
saw a white SUV with a fraternal order of police license plate driving recklessly on I-10 near the Bonneville um, Boulevard exit. And Marshall, the SUV's driver, activated flashing blue lights he had mounted onto the vehicle to initiate a fake traffic stop. Ignoring the impersonator's maneuver, the deputy initiated a, le- a legitimate traffic stop, <laughs> right? So he turned on his shit, his real shit. Marshall was found not to have a police commission or badge, and the deputy quickly determined he was not a law enforcement officer. He had to be physically restrained, was taken into custody. Deputies found a gun and a police radio in the vehicle, and he was booked into jail for impersonating a cop. Now, yeah. Usually they do that for like sexual reasons and shit, or they'll have the lights mounted just so they make like you were talking about earlier, make people get the fuck out of the way. They, if you come up and I used, well, swim used to do it in an unmarked vehicle, and it, people blocking the lanes on the interstate, I just hit those hidden lights, and then people get out of your way. But this idiot, he pulled over a deputy chief. Yeah. Not a good yeah, and idea. He, and he went deep in his investment to uh, oh, yeah, yeah. to uh, the, impersonate the, 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 the lights and the, the fraternal or police uh, license plate. He probably stole that. Right. So, so they're going to find a bunch of people. He either pulled over mm, and did probably not. They, they I've been there a waste of time. One, they're going to slap him on the wrist. Now, if somebody comes forward and says, "Hey, he stopped me and touched my boob" or something like that, they'll put more charges on him. But yeah, they, they're not going to spend a whole lot of time investigating it. And it's blue lights that that are the ones illegal to run, right? Yeah, like you well, can have you can work certain shit, anything off the off the internet. Yeah. yeah. So all right, like troopers and city cops generally um, have blue lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, sheriff's offices have uh, the red and blue lights. Yeah. So fire departments have just red or red and white. Yeah. But it's illegal for you to put any kind of a special light. Yeah, you're not, you're not supposed to do it. But no, you can have you can have you can have them. You just can't have that color. You, well, you, you, you can't, can't turn blue. them on when you're driving down the fucking interstate. They, right they, now, you I I don't even I I have to look at that. The only reason you would have to, your excuse you have to say you have them for is like you have a blowout. And I, I don't even think it's legal for that to put it. And then you turn them on the side of the road as a as a warning. But that's why you have hazards in your car. Yeah, right? there's no reason for somebody that's not a cop to have cop lights at all. Well, I mean, so that, like you, a fireman or something. Well, the volunteer firemen, they can, yeah. they can have them, but they'd they, be the red and whites. Right. And, right. Uh, but there's no reason for it. You, certainly anybody. Can well, you know, construction guys have the, the, right. the, the yellow, yellow the amber that's right. ones. That's that, right. And that's, that's legit. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> interesting. Dumb criminal. Sorry, Mike. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Well, we had a marriage that lasted only Three weeks and ended very tragically a little while ago that Woody shared with us. Right. Now I'm going to tell you about a marriage that lasted a long, long time. Bertha and Memo Yelter had been high school sweethearts and took a walk down the aisle together in 1972 before either had turned 20. A good life had enabled them to settle for some quiet senior years in Miami Beach. There you go. All had gone well. Two lives well lived. That is until Memo received a postcard from an ex-girlfriend he had dated six decades ago. Oh, yes. Bertha didn't like that. Bertha 
age 71, has been charged with attempted murder in the second degree and aggravated battery against an elderly person and tampering with a witness or victim after she allegedly bit, bruised, and tried to suffocate her husband. The Miami Beach woman is accused of launching the attack against her husband on January 28th. She's been married to him since she was 19 years old. It occurred after he received a postcard in the mail from a former fling he dated in the 1960s. The contents of the letter have not been made public. I would love to see that letter. On the 28th, Memo Yelter called 911 saying his wife had tried to kill him. According to officers, the victim was in an extremely fragile state with several serious bruises and open lacerations, as well as open bite marks that were bleeding. Nice. He told officers his wife Bertha attacked him after he received the postcard. Uh, Bertha allegedly tried to smother him with a pillow and took his phone away at one point so he couldn't make a call for help. Bertha admitted to the attack when she was interviewed by cops. Parts were also recorded on a cell phone, which responding police were able to watch. At a bond hearing on Monday, Bertha was ordered to have no contact uh, with her husband of 52 years and will remain in custody until a final hearing takes place later this month. The public defender who was attempting to get the judge to downgrade the charges told the bond hearing, Judge, there's nothing indicating she was trying to kill him. An attorney for the state responded, I think if you look at the totality of the circumstances, this appears to be more than domestic battery and uh, by strangulation. Miami-Dade County uh, Circuit Judge Ellen Sue Venzer ruled to keep the more serious charges as they are, and Bertha remains in the Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center. we got to post a picture because I saw the picture of her. Yeah, she, yeah, she, um, uh, hey, she looks say, angry. She looks she, capable. You know... I don't know. That dude must have been a stud in his day or something. Mm-hmm. And they've been married all this time and together all this time, whatever. And what, 59 years later, he gets a postcard? Well, they were married 52 years. But he gets a postcard from from the 19th, somebody dated in the 60s. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's I mean, 60 like, years. Maybe she's having a flashback to what a man he was during the summer of love. And right. Jealous, but I don't get it. Well, I, I go through shit like this with my in laws sometimes where. You know, after 40 years of of uh, of happiness, they'll go back and start a fight about something uh, that happened oh, yeah. when they were I've dating in the 1950s. And they're like, hey, look, you know what? what? You just brought – that's absolutely true. I'm, I'm not going to say who and what story I know, but I, I know a man who has still been married 52 years and is still jealous as hell of um, his wife's high school boyfriend. <laughs> One, could, and he has a, a he has a last name that's um, a popular a brand of, of clothing. He refuses to wear any of the clothing to this day, but that dude's name on it. Come on, yeah, well, I do that. Okay. I, I know, I know the names. <laughs> Holding on right I, know, <laughs> I know the names of guys she uh, she dated or went to like yeah. a prom with or whatever, and I'll make fun of some of that. So, yeah, well, I can't blame him for that. Interesting. Mile high crime time. All right. We're going to, you know, I usually don't go overseas for mile high crimes. Mm -hmm. I usually try to stay in the United States, but they've had some crazy stuff lately going on in in different parts of the world. And we're going to we're going to tell you about one right now. A woman has been charged with wildlife trafficking after Colombian police found one hundred and thirty. Poisonous frogs in her luggage what? at Bogota International Airport. I wonder if it's the same plane that 
the nose or the landing wheel blew off of because that was going to Columbia. <laughs> I don't also. think it was the same one. Yeah. But, uh, the animals were discovered in small film canisters and were dehydrated and stressed. The Brazilian woman <laughs> yes. who was headed to Sao Paulo via Panama said she had been given the frogs as a gift from a local community in southern Colombia. Local police said the amphibians can actually fetch $1,000 each. I've seen a picture of these things. Bogota Environmental Secretary Soto said the fine for being in possession of uh, just one of these frogs could reach 56 million pesos, which is $3,253 and three of U.S. dollars. Harlequin frogs, known as poison dart frogs, measure less than the size of a human thumb. Their glands produce a highly toxic poison, which has in the past been used by indigenous people to coat the tips of darts they right. use for hunting. Right. It is strong enough to kill small animals, and harlequin frogs are critically endangered species, which can be found in the human humid forests along the Pacific coast between Ecuador and Colombia and in other countries in Central and South America. Their endangered status makes them highly sought after by private collectors on international markets. Wildlife trafficking is common in Colombia and across Latin America, a region rich in biodiversity and amphibians, small animals such as those of sharks. Even animal parts from sharks are particularly popular with traffickers. Right? You but wouldn't believe, but I have seen a picture of these frogs. That, uh, it came up on like a screensaver or something on TV. I was like, it's really cool looking thing yeah it's got the, the a little different color underneath and the right green and the, and the whitest side of the lakes i'm like i've never seen a frog look like that in my life so i looked it up and that's what it was one of those poisonous frogs. yeah man they're crazy and she had 130 of them 50 million pesos or whatever 56 million pesos 56 million pesos all right so there you go that's your mile there high you crime for today oh here it comes, kinky crimes for Friday. All right, so let's go to Connecticut, and we're a reputable Connecticut party planner with a fetish for women's abdominals. That's right, what? What? abdominals. Uh, uh, crafted a creepy fake medical study that allowed him to caress and photograph his employee's stomach for nearly a year. Wow. This is one this of those is, weird fetishes. This is a like new one, right? right? This is a new one. Brian Casella, 35, was charged with fourth-degree sexual assault in connection to the convoluted scheme after one of his multiple victims came forward. Uh, Casella stated that throughout his life, he's found ways to satisfy his fetish and has compensated people with money to perform examinations on them. Mm. Interesting. The unnamed victim has been working for Casella's popular events company, Vivid Events, for several months when he seized an opportunity to exploit her digestive issues, which greatly limited her day-to-day -day life. I guess she had Crohn's disease or something. Knowing his employee was also working odd jobs in order to save for a home with her husband, Casella offered to sign her to a, a vague clinical trial that would pay her up to several thousand dollars for allowing him to record the sounds made by her stomach. Wow. 
He also asked her to sign a contract preventing her from going after vivid events or talking about the study with his wife or her co-workers, I bet he did, who would be jealous of the extra money she was making. The, the test took place on an office floor of vivid events, which provides DJ service and other bullshit for parties. Uh, Casella, the founder, describes himself on the company's website as being known for his classy approach to being an <laughs> MC and a DJ. Yeah. He, well, so this is what he did, y'all. He, he he initially used a stethoscope to listen to the woman's exposed abdomen, but quickly ditched the tool in favor of placing his bare ear on her stomach. <laughs> <laughs> was so stupid. As the sessions went by, Casella grew more comfortable with the victim's body and began to lift clothing up on his own in order to check certain areas and touch other areas. After several months, the party planner escalated the ploy and encouraged his employees to take part in a bigger study that involved feeding her sleeping pills when there were only when they were the only two in the office. Oh my god. The woman agreed, but secretly only took half a dose and pretended to be asleep because she was afraid she was asleep something would happen and things did not feel right to her. Wearing scrub style pants and only tape covering her nipples, the victim laid on the floor Fainting sleep for hours as her event planning boss took pictures of her. Oh she God. refused to take sleeping pills again, and Casella agreed to pretend she was asleep in future trials. But once tied her down with vivid event zip ties in case she moved too much during a test. This is twisted. The sessions, which went on for the better part of a year, ended with the party planner handing an employee an envelope filled with cash. Casella. Um, also used various tools to make the study seem more realistic, including electricity, uh, electrically, electrically conductive patches. Or other, that's what we use um, now in, for the sweat glands and the polygraph and sonograms, taking advantage of the opportunity to place the objects in close proximity to her genitals. On her last session, the woman was finally driven to the edge when her boss wiped her vagina while cleaning up gel from a sonogram test. She claimed she believed the tests were for her stomach only. The woman cut ties with study and shortly after quit vivid events. After coming forward to police, she wore a wire to meet Casella where he apologized for making her uncomfortable and corroborated her accusations. Cops then found more than one thousand videos and photos of multiple victims during the search of Casella's wow. truck. Remember I told you as important thing to do it is to record it in some way. And uh, his truck and office centering on an abdominal fetish that he developed in kindergarten. Wow. Right? Fucking crazy. He developed in he, kindergarten. He admitted to police that he acquired most of his victims by posting ads on Craigslist for his medical ploy, which the party planner said he had been doing for years. Cassell admitted that he was lying to people while conducting such examinations, stated he knew he was wrong. And anyway, his ass went to jail. Abdominal. He, that is shit as kinky as he, I've he, ever heard. I'm he, telling you. He suffers from alvinolagnia, which is the abdominal fetish. Oh, is that what it's called? Alvino Lagnia. I didn't look at it. Al- Alvino? A-L-V-I-N-O-L-A-G-N-I-A. Did you get it off my database list? Well, or do you, you think I would have known that? <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know Al- you were just making it Al- up. No, Alvino Lagnia. There you go. That's told you there's one for something, something for everybody. That's definitely kinky there. That's kinky. I ain't gonna lie. A thousand videos. 
thousand videos. Wow. I just, that's a lot. Snake bite. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? Since I've seen no disciplinary action taken against Jim Chapman by our board of directors, oh, I've decided to com- commit my own obvious segment integrity crime as this story isn't obvious. They stole what? They stole what? They stole what? <laughs> they stole what? Refused, what they steal? I refuse to participate in What right? did they steal, you ask? They stole 100 king cakes. Right. That's right. A king cake distributor in Metairie, Louisiana, says that 100 king cakes were stolen from their delivery van early Tuesday, January 30th. Yes. King cake drive through I actually heard about this place. Mm-hmm. I haven't I hadn't seen it yet. A distributor working out of the parking lot of Duckworth Tires at 1009 Metairie Road shared the news via Instagram. The business had just launched the first of the year, advertising itself as the first and only King Cake drive-thru mm, service. Right. The King Cake drive-thru sells cakes from notable kings. bakeries. They, say they, they don't make their own shit. No, they sell Brennan's, Bywater Bakery, Gambino's, right, right. and more. So, so let's talk, interrupt you real quick. In South Louisiana, I know you're not from here, but we know all the places that have the best king cakes. And literally, there's there's fights, fist fights over this. And this place has better one than this one. Da, da, da. The, these companies that they're selling, they're actually – so you got to get a king cake early in the morning or, or the midday whenever to put them out. You don't want one that's been sitting there all day. And you go in and get that king cake from your favorite place, or you might have two or three favorite places – these guys actually have a genius concept because they're mm-hmm. going to get in everybody's top 10 and selling them in one place. So you don't have to go. Yeah, I thought it stores. was brilliant when I first uh, heard what they were doing. So their their Instagram post said, well, early this morning, King Cake drive through had a first. We had 100 King Cakes stolen from our delivery van. The business also said that the thieves had smashed the window of the van and done other damage so that repairs will have to be made. Adding further insult, a jacket was stolen in addition to the cakes. King Cake drive through has been operating at Duckworth Tires Friday through Sundays from 7A to 7P since January. And this story reminded me, we had this conversation a while back about the grandma got run over by a King Cake song, which I don't think either of you right, were familiar with when, uh, when we talked about it. So I found the lyrics to Grandma Got Run Over by a King Cake and only the first verse, which is Grandma Got Run Over by a King Cake walking across Canal Street, Mardi Gras Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Bacchus, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Bacchus is a big that, Sunday night That parade. would be the Grandma got Why did you not sing that? Why cake. did you just say it? Because I can't sing. Oh. I thought maybe you could. I sing like Lou Reed. There you um, go. If you remember Lou Reed's songs. Anyway, some banjos. You banjos, dumb criminals. Actually, it's smart. The great... King Cake Heist. That's what I have for my birthday cake. Of I'm going to go there 2024. and get, get, uh, once they stock back up, I guess. All right. What do you ever tend Any final thoughts? I just love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Make sure to like and subscribe and all that good podcaster stuff. And when, um, just and tell other people about us and send us in your stories. If you got something happening in your backyard. And we appreciate y'all.
Yeah, thank you. The start of the year has brought uh, some growth in our audience. So we passed that 14 million mark and the the daily listener numbers have been up. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And let's keep it going. There you go. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Your host of Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. I'm glad. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.